Hello, and welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. Obviously, I'm having a little bit of connection issue, and apparently so is Trisha. I'm wondering if there's an issue with Restream itself um, that I'm not aware of. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, if it ends up being too much of a problem, um, then I'll probably switch to Facebook um, Trisha is trying to get in, so I'm trying to rectify that too. That's, that's why there's been 12 minutes of background music playing. So, uh, bear with me here. Um, that being said, she's got connection issues uh, where she's been parked. Mine, I don't know why, but uh, glad to see you too, Natalie and uh, James. You're always, always here. Oh, yeah. Um, hope everybody's been doing pretty good. Um, I have a few things to talk about tonight. Uh the North Korean missile tests, um, Detroit police killing a schizophrenic black man in a mental health crisis. Um, and then we're going to kind of, you know, like elaborate on that more, uh, with an independent article, uh, police killed more people in the past year than any time in the past decade. So yeah, uh, through September 30th, ninth or through September 30th, so nine months into the year, police killed at least 881 people. There have only been 10 days this year where the police did not kill someone. Um, so we're going to look at mapping police violence. Uh, we're going to talk about the railroad strike that Biden prevented. Uh, we... We said that he was just kicking the can down the road because it was going to be rejected by the unions. Uh, well, the unions rejected the contract. Um, PayPal threatened to find customers spreading misinformation, uh, $2,500 for each infraction. Um, but of course, they got a lot of feedback um on that and they completely walked that back um and then there was a i i mean i usually don't like to use the media terminology but i don't know what else to call it but a massacre uh former cop in thailand uh went on a killing spree at a daycare um, at least 24 of the 36 or so people. Uh, and then there's been massive protests in Iran uh, following a 22-year-old uh, woman's death while being held by the country's morality police. Um, according to a human rights group, uh, Iran Human Rights, said the um, 
The police have killed at least 185 people, including at least 19 children. Um, yeah, so what do you guys want to uh, start with? Um, give me just a second here. There we go. I guess we will start with the Detroit police. <clears throat> um, okay, so not only did the Detroit police department kill a schizophrenic black man, they fired 38 shots in three seconds. Um, the man's name was Porter Burks. Um, police said they fired 38 sh shots in three seconds. Um, he was in an apparent mental health crisis. Um, so Detroit Chief of Police James White held a press conference uh, today. Um, snippets of body camera footage. I think I just heard Trisha enter the room. Yes, I did. Well, I guess we'll see if, oh, there we are. if I can get my camera to work. No, she won't turn um, the camera on. Hi, it's kind of functional. Well, that's, that's sweet. not fully. Um, anyway, so I was just diving into the first story. The, uh, the Detroit police fired 38 rounds at a schizophrenic black man uh, that was having a mental health crisis. His name was Porter Burks. Uh, they held a press conference today. Uh, they showed snippets of the body camera footage of the events leading up. Um, the body camera footage shown involved a trained crisis intervention officer identified as Sean in the video. And officers can be heard negotiating with Burks, who is alleged to have been armed with an eight-inch knife, ordering him to put it down and offering to get him some help. It, you know, they just kept saying, you're not in any trouble, just drop the knife and we'll get you some help. Uh, Burks can be seen running towards the officers in the video before he was fatally shot. And the chief of police, James White, said, it's unfortunate, but this was a life-threatening situation. This is a tragic situation. Anytime we use force, it's not the desired outcome. Anytime we use fatal for force, it's the worst outcome. So I want to like circle back to a piece that we did a while back. Um, right, so the, the Detroit um, race riots, for example... Detroit has a, a, a pretty long history 
of excessive use of force when it comes to the police. But like to the point where when the race riots were happen happening, they were going around just like, you know, they weren't even trying to take people into custody. They were just shooting them. I mean, maybe not as bad as it was in like Detroit in the 60s, but still not a good situation. And this is a police department, a department with a, a very long history of excessive force and uh, outright violence. So that can't really be overlooked either. Um, so check out this, uh, this next line here. Burks was too far from law enforcement for a taser to be effective. So he was too far away for a knife to be effective, right? So, I, I mean, and, and again, that was from the chief of police. Burks was too far from law enforcement for a taser to be effective. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you all see where I'm going with this. A knife, an eight-inch blade, has eight inches of reach beyond his hands. The taser has like 20 yards reach beyond the officer's hands. Um, anyway, Detroit Police Executive Team Director Christopher Graveline said uh, there were numerous officers at the, on the scene Sunday where Burks was killed, but only five had fired their weapons. Five officers fired 38 shots in three seconds. Due to the ongoing investigation by Michigan State Police, um, which, I mean, I guess at least it's a different department, but it's still the police investigating the police, and there's a, there's a direct conflict of interest there. But White said he is not releasing the full names of the five officers involved, but they are all currently on administrative leave. So they get paid time off for this shit. Also, that is not an 8-inch blade. I have a knife that is very similar to that, that is about three and a quarter to three and a half inches. Um, nowhere near what is being claimed. Uh, Burks was diagnosed with schizophrenia three years ago and was having a mental episode, according to his brother, Demondo Anderson, who called the police for help. Now, I just want to take a moment to, Natalie already said it in the comments, but don't call the police for a mental health issue. I mean, really, just don't call the police. But, um, there, there's been a bunch of reports since the 988 hotline, the suicide hotline, uh, has gone live earlier this year. There's already been multiple cases where the cops show up and fucking kill the person that needs help. Um, anyway, police were aware. Uh, I skipped a part in the body camera video. Anderson tells police that Burks was frantic and slashed his tires. Anderson claimed he was concerned for people because he was armed with a knife. Police were aware of Burke's mental health condition. Uh, they responded multiple times on separate occasions to incidents dating back to 2020 where Burke's stabbed his siblings. Um, so I'm going to screen share um 
This is a still from the video. Um, but look how far away he is. In March of 2020, he stabbed two family members, a sister. He stabbed her both in her neck and her hand, as well as the brother in the top of his head as the brother came to defend the, sis uh, the sister. Okay, so he's schizophrenic. He's probably, uh, you know, poor or working class and probably has very limited um, mental health care, if any. Um, and, I mean, you know, we stopped state funding for mental hospitals in the, what, 50s or 60s. Um, so we tend to just put them in jail, right? Like, we don't really have mental health care in this country. Um, yeah, anyway, Graveline, who was that guy? Oh, yeah, there we go. Detroit Police Executive Team Director. Um, at the news conference, he said in March of 2020, he... Oh, I, I said that. What we have found, unfortunately, is a system that has failed Mr. Burks on several different occasions. That schizophrenia manifested itself into violent behavior. Behavior. Uh, we have seen a pattern of him being brought, to psych, or being brought to psychological services and being released and not being followed up with taking his medication. White said that they need help with the system. I'm not really here to argue that, right? But I feel like the chief of police, while he has very valid points here about how this system has failed Mr. Burks, that's to take the heat off of the fact that his officer shot this man 38 times in three seconds. 30 eight times. Um, Figer Law announced Wednesday that they will be representing the family and will hold the press conference on Thursday. Um, that's a reasonably big deal. That's a, a pretty sizable law firm uh, in the Metro Detroit area. Um, exactly, James. So if someone mentally impaired has a pocket knife, they shoot them 38 times. What about the taser? What about, you know, the escalation specialists? What about counselors? What about anything but armed fucking pigs? Natalie said 70s is when I think it got worse and closing down more state run, uh, institute institutions. Really thought most were run similar to prisons. That's probably true. I would imagine um, they basically are. But now you know to. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that they were that they were what they needed to be. Um, but the point is, is at least there was facilities to care for these people, and now there's not even that. Um, hold on just a second here. There we go. Natalie asked for video. Here we go. 
This is just the press conference. Feels so. like this this early in the investigation, but he says he's doing so out of an quote abundance of transparency. This incident happened Sunday morning at 5 a.m. Police got a call from family of Porter Burks that he was having a mental health crisis and needed help. When police got there, Burks' brother told police that Burks had slashed his tires. Officers found Burks a block over, and an officer with crisis intervention training and other officers tried getting him help and told him to put the knife down repeatedly. Whatever you want, we can help you with. We can get you home. They asked him what he wanted and if he wanted help. At one point, Burks said he just wanted to get some rest. The chief says Burks charged at officers. A taser was deployed and shots were fired. That's where the video is cut. Tragically, Mr. Burks sprinted towards the officer with weapon in hand and it changed the course of everything that was planned. Um, with regards to a taser, uh, you know, when you're closing on someone with a, with a knife, and, uh, you know, there's, there's really little time to wait for the reaction of a taser um, because you can close that, that reactionary gap so quickly. America armed. Yeah. So uh, Trish is back. That's good. Um, yeah, Natalie, exactly. It's better than winding up dead. And it's also interesting that they released the body camera footage up until the moment that it escalated. They didn't show that I saw in that video the man advancing by, I mean, he literally like, it looked like he was going to start running and then the cop raised his gun and the video ended. That's what the fucking Detroit police released today. And I'm going to reiterate, he had some very good points about the mental health care system in this country being ina inadequate. Um, but that was very much him trying to take the attention off of the fact that his officers fired five or in five seconds, five officers fired 38 rounds into a schizophrenic black man armed with a pocket knife. Welcome back, Trisha. So um, I guess from there, there, I'm gonna send a couple of links in this private chat here to you, Trisha. Um, these are the two sources for the rest of this topic, I guess, because we're not moving off of the police yet. We're just moving off of Detroit. Um, so according to a database that tracks police violence, more specifically, it's called Mapping Police Violence. Um, it's run by activists. And I, like their data isn't entirely complete right because not all deaths get reported to the same places um it's it's an interesting thing but it's a really useful uh tool um 
And I mean, I, I guess actually, I think I'm going to play this video so you can kind of get a, a glimpse of how this past year, uh, past nine months, I should say, this is up until September 30th. Oh, shit. There we go. If you see the date on the bottom, we're getting into March, April, May, June, July, August, and September. That's insane, right? The yellow dots, obviously the, uh, the, the pins all stayed there, but the yellow dots represent when and where they happened. That's insane, right? There was a, there's only been 10 days in the last year that the pigs didn't kill somebody. In most days, there was more than one. Um, so that's, that's more at this point in the year than any time in the past decade, the activist that runs the organization tweeted on the 2nd of October, that police killed at least 881 people through September 30th, 2022 police killed more people over the last nine months than they did at any other point in the past decade. There have only been 10 days this year when police did not kill someone. And on Tuesday afternoon, the number of people killed by the police so far this year had risen to 889 people, according to the group's website. The organization also stated that black people made up about 24% of those killed by police this year, despite making up 13% of the population. Um, Mapping Police Violence is an organization that publishes the most comprehensive and up-to-date data on police violence in America to support transformative change. They provide resources for communities and policymakers interested in changing policing outcomes nationwide. Compared to the same period in 2021, police killed 30 more people from the beginning of this year until the 2nd of October, with black people most likely to die while interacting with the police. Between 2013 and 2022, police in Chicago killed black people at a rate 25 times higher than the white people per population. The rate in Minneapolis and Boston was 28 times higher. While a third of all killings started with an alleged crime, only a third, only a third started with an alleged crime. Mapping police violence states that most of the killings start when the police are performing traffic stops, mental health check-ins, looking to disturbances or other nonviolent offenses and where no crime was alleged to have occurred. So, why are the police there? If no crime was alleged to have occurred in two-thirds of these situations, why were, why were they there? To make some crime happen? From the map yeah. yeah like a third of dude look the only parts that 
map that are not lit the fuck up red are where basically nobody lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, actually, hold on. Let me uh, let me put that map back up there for a second. So I'm going to start it over again. I wish I wish I could slow it down, to be honest. So that is actually it's December 31st, 2021. How ironic. But, but uh, let me let me get that a little bigger. Halfway through the year. It's absolutely wild, right? But 38 times. Anyway, yeah, um, I just I'm wanted to use that, that as a as an excuse to kind of um, talk about changing how we police, right? Um, for example, in High Thurman's book, Revolutionary Hillbilly, what the Young Patriots were pushing for was a the police are from well, first of all, the the system. God damn it, she's gone. First of all, the system that they operate within um, is ultimately corrupt. Like, there would have to be a complete overhaul or replacement, really, of the policing system to ever have it equitable, right? But two of the big things that both the Black Panther Party and the Rainbow Coalition and the Young Patriot Organization, all these groups, they were pushing for community control of the police meaning that the citizens control the police and that you are from the community that you are working in, right? Especially in cities like Detroit, most of those cops live in the suburbs. They commute to Detroit to come to work and they don't have any real, any real ties in the community. Um, plus, you know, compounded with, the type of people that the policing job uh, draws in. Um, but let's not forget that the modern policing system is just an expanded and refined runaway slave patrol. Literally, that's where the policing system in this nation comes from. So we can't really talk about reform at this point it's it's really it's really about abolition it has to be replaced not fixed yeah there's no reforming this there's no fixing this there's no training them to somehow become better people um there's no changing the type of people that this job actually attracts it's all fucked. well i mean the type of people that it attracts is intentionally done too 
I mean, look at the position and what it is, what it stands for, and then look at the type of people that become cops. I mean, I'm just saying. And no, that doesn't mean that, you know, never mind. I'm not going to get into the whole all cops thing. Point is, is that even if a cop is a good person, like let's say you know them personally and they're a good person, right? That doesn't change the fact that all cops are bastards because they uphold a corrupt system. They uphold uh, uh, systems of inst uh, institutional racism and oppression. You can't, you can't just overlook that. The job itself is evil. Right. There's there's no being a cop and not being a traitor to your fucking community. Pretty much. Uh, James said in the comments that we know that the police like killing people, especially black people. It's sad, especially when we know that they have tasers, mace, billy clubs and fists. And don't forget unlimited backup. Yeah, that's the thing, too. I mean, look at other countries. Look at. England, for example, and no, I'm not saying that we should become England for any, for the love of God, but the cops aren't even armed there. They have billy clubs and that's it. Yeah. Spot on Natalie. Um, and we need to put people and planet over profits to quote the Communist Party USA. Um, let's see. The Railroad Union is probably a pretty solid one to go into next. Um, I'm not seeing Trisha's video, though. Or audio, for that matter. Um, all right, so the Railroad Union... So before I even read this article, I just want to I just want to talk about how Biden took credit for the strike not happening. Um, right. And it. It was always intended to kick the can down the road. Um, basically, the only thing that Biden did was took the company's uh, proposed deal added another day of sick time to it and then sent it back to the unions who had to vote on it and then was like, Oh, see, well, an, an agreement, well, there was a tentative agreement reached, but that just means, okay, we're going to vote on it again. That happened yesterday. Um, and the third largest railroad union in the U S rejected a deal with the employers uh, renewing the possibility of a strike that could cripple the economy. Both sides will return to the bargaining table before that happens. Um, now there's going to be another round of uh, negotiations. Um, and remember, they were offered 24% raises, $5,000 in bonuses, and another day of sick time. Right? But, like, they're going for PTO. They're going for sick time. They're going for conditions where they're not on call seven days a week for however many days on end. 
they turned down a, a decent pay raise. But, you know, there's, there's more to it than that. It was never about the money. It was about the ability to live... Um, They need time. They hit. That's that's all it comes down to. Uh, anyway, over half of track maintenance workers, represented by the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees Division, who voted opposed uh, the five-year contract, which, as I just said, contained twenty-four percent raises and five thousand dollars in bonuses. Union President Tony Cardwell said the railroads didn't do enough to address the lack of paid time off, particularly sick time and working conditions after the major railroads eliminated nearly one-third of their jobs over the past six years due to things like automation, um, I would imagine, is a big part of it. Railroaders are discouraged and upset with working conditions and compensation and hold their employer in low regard. Railroaders do not feel valued. Uh, this is still Union President Tony Cardwell. Uh, hold on. I heard the thing. There we go. Um, they resent the fact that management holds no regard for their quality of life, illustrated by their stubborn reluctance to provide a higher quantity of paid time off, especially for sickness. The group that represents the railroads in negotiations said they were disappointed the union rejected the agreement but emphasized that no immediate threat of a strike existed because the union had agreed to keep working for now. Four other railroad unions have approved their agreements with freight railroads, including BNSF, Union Pacific, Kansas City Southern, CSX, and Norfolk Southern, but all 12 unions representing 115,000 workers must ratify their contracts to prevent a strike. And then another union, the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, initially rejected its deal, but has since uh, negotiated a new contract. Voting for that one will be completed in mid-November. Biden pressured the railroads and unions to reach a deal last month ahead of a mid-September deadline to allow a strike or walkout. Um, many businesses also urge Congress to be ready to intervene in the dispute and block a strike uh, if an agreement wasn't reached because so many companies rely on railroads to deliver their raw materials and finished products. Well, I mean, that really says all you need to know about uh, who Biden listens to, right? His donors saying, hey, block this strike. Um, obviously, Trish is still having... Connection issues. In general, the deals the unions agreed to closely follow the recommendations of a special panel of Biden-appointed arbitrators to make uh, made this summer. That presidential emergency board recommended what would be the biggest raises rail workers have seen in more than four decades, but it didn't resolve the fucking concerns about working conditions. Instead, it said the unions should pursue more negotiations or arbitration that can take years with each railroad individually.
The Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Union said it agreed to delay any strike until five days after Congress reconvenes in mid-November to allow time for additional negotiations. Uh, the biggest sticking issue is quality of life, especially access to, uh, this is the Rutgers University professor, Todd Vachon, uh, who teaches labor relations classes. He said the biggest sticking issue is quality of life, especially access to paid time off and paid sick time. If the railroads can make some movement in that area, it will go a long way with rail workers who currently feel they are not being respected by their employers. Wages and resource allocation are one important part of contract negotiations, but feeling respected by one's employer remains one of the top reasons that workers form and join unions. It's not all about money, and it never has been. Um... PayPal is pulling back, saying it won't find customers $2,500 for misinformation after uh, backlash. That's the headline. Um, so about a week ago or so, uh, PayPal published a policy that would have fined users $2,500 for spreading what they call misinformation. Um and that, that was per offense. But now they're claiming that the update had gone out, quote, in error. Huh. An AUP notice recently went out in error that, that included incorrect information. PayPal is not fining people for misinformation, and this language was never intended to be inserted into, into our policy. Our teams are working to correct any policy pages. We're sorry for the confusion this has caused. That's a, a mystery spokesperson. They didn't even give their name. Um, the course reversal comes after the policy changes and started to attract media scrutiny as well as criticism on Twitter. That's putting it lightly. Um, I, I forget which day exactly it was, but uh, there was. that's how I found out about it. There was a lot going on on Twitter about it. Uh, former PayPal president David Marcus even blasted the company over the implication that it could seize customers' money for finding their views objectionable. He said, quote, It's hard for me to openly criticize a company I used to love and gave so much to, but PayPal's new AUP goes against everything I believe in. A private company now gets to decide to take your money if you say something they do disagree with. Insanity. And then, of course, Elon Musk agreed. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> changes included prohibitions on the sending, posting, or publication of any messages, content, or materials that promote misinformation. While the prior policy already forbade hate, intolerance, and discrimination, the new one had, uh, would have explicitly applied to specific uh, protected groups and individuals or groups based on protected characteristics. Identities under this umbrella included race, religion, gender, or gender identity, and se sexual orientation. The firm's current rule book doesn't list these terms. It's unclear whether PayPal will also pull back these specific 
prohibitions on discriminatory language uh, or if it is only scrubbing the misinformation clause. Um, the company had originally warned um, that breaking the rule against mi misinformation may, this is a quote, quote, may sub subject you to damages, including liquidated damages of $2,500 U.S. dollars per violation, which may be directly, uh, directly debited from your PayPal account. Account holders accept and attest that the penalty is, quote, presently a reasonable minimum estimate of PayPal's actual damages. Wow. It recently banned gays against groomers, which is a group uh, composed of LGBT identifying people that claims to call the attention to the sexualization and medicalization of children via gender ideology and the transgender movement. Minutes later, PayPal's subsidiary Venmo uh, reportedly barred the organization from access. So it's interesting that they bring that up because months ago, it's been more than 180 days, which is what they said. Uh, PayPal froze the For We Are Many account. That's why we no longer have it on our donations page. Uh, we no longer promote that. Um, it, it's just it's just absolutely insane. Um, the, 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 okay, so like I guess at least they, they only got a hundred and something dollars out of us. But the point is is that they froze our account then they permanently suspended it, and then they took our money and said that it would be given back after 180 days. It's been longer than that, and they still have it. I'm just saying. Um, Exactly. James Everywhere has some sort of misinformation, but they're going to pick and choose who they allow to get away with it and who they don't. Um, Natalie, I'm pretty sure that we have been shadow banned for quite a while. Uh, I shared the I shared the stream to a bunch of groups too, um, and yeah, we usually do have you know more people than this join. Um, I do tend to think that we have been more or less uh, shadow banned. But um, I'm going to start putting in the descriptions, I think, to, you know, like, like it and share it or subscri subscribe to get notifications when we go live because um, we're just not able to promote like we used to. Um, James said, I think Elon was the one I seen on the news the other day making robots that look like Terminators. I would not be fucking surprised if anybody was going to start Cyberdyne systems it would totally be Elon Musk um, hold on I'm just going to screen share this there's a video it's from CNN um, 
Uh, staying in the region, a horrifying story unfolding in Thailand, where at least 36 people are dead, including 23 children, after a former police officer opened fire in a daycare center while children were sleeping. Officials say the man killed his wife and child as well before killing himself. CNN's Selena Wang covering this for us from Tokyo. So Selena, he had actually been, as I understand it, in court just hours before the shooting. Do we know more about the chain of events here? That's exactly right. Just hours before the shooting, he was in court on drug charges before he went over to that nursery where he opened fire on children who were sleeping. That death toll continues to climb. Now at least 36 people killed, including 23 children. Now we've learned from the police that the gunman got to the nursery around noontime. He had himself armed with several different kinds of guns as well as a long knife. Police say he went to the nursery looking for his two-year-old step son but could not find him. He managed to get into a room where 24 kids were sleeping. He started stabbing the children and staff members as well as shooting. The police said all but one child died in that room. After that, police said he drove himself home and in the process he was running into bystanders when he standards when he got home. He first killed his own stepson and wife before taking his own life. Before he killed himself, authorities had issued this most wanted man notice and poster. This is a deeply, profoundly troubling and devastating time for people in Thailand. This is an area where it's not known for violence. It's a peaceful, quiet town. In the videos at the scene, you can see family members sobbing outside of the building. You can see the ambulance and, and medical workers around. The prime minister in Thailand has expressed his condolences to the family. Now, Thailand has relatively high rates of gun ownership compared to other areas. However, mass shootings are rare. Erica. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even, uh, Trisha had a bunch of things to, uh, to say on this. I'm hoping she'll be able to. Uh, Hold on a second. We're going to try something different. Um, we're going to try to get Trisha in here on her phone. We'll see if that works. Um, he killed his wife and stepson. Oh, 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 shit. Hello, hello. Holy fuck. Testing, testing, one, two. Yeah, right. Now that we're like two thirds of the way through the stream, you show up. No, I'm, I'm playing. I know it wasn't your fault. Um, but we have gotten to the Thailand massacre.
I, I mean, really, all I know about it is what I just watched in that video. It was uh, just a CNN two-minute thing about it. Um, if you want, I will give you this uh, link to the article, but I know that you already know a decent amount about it, and uh, I know that you had some, some things to say about it. So I figured uh, now that you're here, <laughs> this would be a good thing to turn over to you. Okay, but just a heads up, like your audio is still super choppy. Not quite as bad as it was for my laptop, but I am still having trouble making out everything. There's moments where you sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. Mm. Signal out here. All right. Um, so his two-year-old stepson was enrolled at the nursery that he attacked Thursday, but was not present while the attack was carried out, according to a local police chief. He went to look for his two-year-old son, but the boy was not there, so he started shooting and stabbing people at the nursery. And as the video said, he managed to get into a room where 24 kids were sleeping, killing all but one of them. That's insane. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I figured that out. I uh, kind of passed it off to you. And then, uh, <laughs> I don't know, he didn't really say anything. So I assume that you probably couldn't hear. Um, I heard that. Nope. Here. It, it's popping your voice up. I'm just going to hop in the comments on the Facebook feed. Okay. Maybe from there on my Right. Um, one of the All center's right. teachers described a horrific scene to local media, explaining that the attacker entered the center around noon while two other staff members were having lunch. I suddenly heard the sound just sounded like firecrackers, so I looked back and two staff just collapsed on the floor. Then he pulled another gun from his waist, and I didn't expect he would also kill the kids. The teacher also said that the attacker was carrying a second gun, uh, as well as a knife, which he used to fatally stab another teacher who was eight months pregnant. One eyewitness told Reuters that she believed the attacker was coming in to pick up his child. When he arrived at the center, he didn't say anything and shot at the door while the children were sleeping. Um, most of the deaths were the result of stab wounds. A teacher also told Reuters that the attacker had mainly used a knife. It all went down really fast. He was slashing the knife. He didn't use the gun. He just kept slashing in there. It's all by knife. 
the police general also said that the attacker mainly used a knife. And then he got out and he started killing anyone he met along the way with a gun or a knife until he got home. We surrounded the house and then found that he had committed suicide in his home. Um, the province is located approximately 335 miles northeast of Bangkok. It's a largely peaceful and quiet area, as the video said. Um, yeah. It's... It's a heartbreaking situation. Um, sorry. I was responding to the comments. Um, Prime Minister Liz Truss of the UK said in a, in a tweet that the UK stands with the Thai people. <laughs> uh, good old England. Um, anyway, though, that's uh, it's an absolutely horrific event. Um, and the fact fact that most of the kids were murdered with a knife, the fact that he, uh, you know, killed his wife, his stepson, um, and then 23 sleeping children, bringing the total to at least 36. Natalie called it in the comments, the worst Halloween nightmare ever. And I would tend to agree with that. Um, if you guys in the comments have anything else that you think that we should discuss tonight, um, go ahead and bring it up. Um, the last thing that I think that I, I have to talk about tonight is, uh, mass protest in Iran. Um, according to the human rights group, Iran, <laughs> uh, human rights, um, this is okay. Let me, let me rewind a little bit. This is all following the death of a 22 year old woman while being held by the country's morality piece, uh, morality police, sorry. Um, and these mass protests have ended up with the police killing at least 185 people, um, including at least 19 children with the highest number occurring in the Sistan and Baluchistan province, which is located in Iran's southeast. The protests began after the deaths of Masa Amini, who died while in custody, <coughs> excuse me, who died while in custody of Iran's morality police, allegedly for too loosely wearing her hijab. The country requires women to wear a headscarf that completely covers their hair in public. Her family said she was severely beaten while in custody, though officials have said she died from a heart attack, uh, sparking protests across the country for weeks that have involved some women burning their hijabs and publicly cutting their hair. Um, the founder of the Norway-based Iranian human rights group uh, Mahmoud Amiri Magadam, Mag Mo 
Mogadam, probably, yeah. Uh, called for the formation of a United Nations international mission to prosecute and hold accountable leaders who perpetu- uh, perpetrated the alleged deaths. Uh, the group said protesters have been killed in 17 of Iran's 31 provinces, with large numbers reported in other provinces as well. Um, large numbers reported, sorry, in the Mazandaran, Gilan, and western Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Beijan. I'm terrible at pronouncing these things, I'm sorry. Um, Iran Human Rights said the deaths were especially profound on September 30th when people gathered in the city of Zehedan after Friday prayer to protest against the alleged rape of a 15-year-old girl by a city city police chief. Wow. Um, Other groups have reported the death count from that protest, dubbed Bloody Friday, as high as 90. Um, four citizens were also shot and killed October 3rd from a military helicopter while driving in an open roof car wow it is important to note that efforts to verify many of the reported deaths are hindered by security issues and the internet shutdown As such, many of the reported killings are still under investigation, and the exact number of those killed is likely much higher. Wow. The morality police stepped up their enforcement under the current president, who is a hardliner who started in office last year after the departure of a more moderate, term-limited president who oversaw a more lax enforcement. The protests uh, seek to push back on what demonstrators see as the morality police's heavy-handed enforcement of Iran's dress code and violent treatment of young women. There is something very wrong. There, there is something very wrong with the, uh, with any system that allows these kind of things. Um, I, I mean, it's not on me to judge the culture of another country and, and, and pertaining to the law itself, but, uh, Obviously, the masses are not in favor of those laws. And, um, well, killing people is just going to lead to a revolution, I think. But Iran is not new to political unrest. Um, and there's, there's been growing left-wing movements there for a while. And this is just layering it on, radicalizing more people. Um, that being said, I don't think I have anything else to, um, discuss tonight. Um, yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful night. Um, 
We will be back next week. Uh, we will actually make the event page ahead of time for this week. Uh, we've been kind of bad about that lately, but I think that um, I think that'll help with our viewer issues. I think part of it, like Natalie said earlier, is that uh, you know sometimes administrators for groups have to approve the post before people see it. Um, I, I do think that's a factor, but also remember if you can to uh, you know like and subscribe uh, on whatever platform you're watching on and get notifications when we go live. Um, yeah. And of course, if you do miss a show or if you want to keep up to date, um, head over to forwearemany.org. Um, for a little while there, we were not doing so well at keeping the website and podcast platforms updated, but now we are. Um, I'm sure you all know this at this point, but we are on Facebook, we are on Twitch, we are on YouTube, um, we are on Twitter. Uh, let's see. Let me pull up the thing. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. And we are on uh, the Left Signal Boost TV uh, Collective. There are a lot of good creators on that platform. I, uh, I, I recommend checking them all out. Uh, whether you're an anarchist or a communist or a socialist or somewhere in that range, um, there's probably something there for you. Um, also, I put out a post about this uh, a while ago, and we've been getting some feedback and stuff. But if you have ideas on things to talk about for the next show, just contact the page, send us a message. Um, if you want to come on and discuss something, hit us up. We'll make it happen. Or, of course, if you would like to join the team, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of different roles that that can take, whether it's social media or helping run the website or promotion or writing. Um, you know, there's, there's a million different things that you could do to help. Um, and if you would just like to help support us financially, you can go to patreon.com slash for we are many. Um, all right. Well, I will see you sometime next week. Keep an eye out for the event. Um, and I hope that you all have a wonderful night.